Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast that takes you inside the world of an art house cinema. My name is Nick Aldrink and I'm the digital media specialist at the Michigan Theater Foundation and I am joined by three guests who also work at the Michigan Theater. Tell us who you are and what you do for the theater. Hi, my name is Tyler Walzak. I'm one of the managers at the Michigan. Hi, my name is Nadim Persigosha-Mass and I am one of the managers at the State Theater. Hello, my name is Mackenzie Peacock, and I am the conference manager of the Art House Convergence. Thank you all for coming by. Nadim and Tyler, this is your first time on. It is. Thanks for joining us. We're happy to be here. (laughs) You're going to get destroyed. (laughs) So uh, first up, we are going to follow up. We had a previous uh, episode already about MoviePass, and in the past week few weeks there's been a lot of news about MoviePass just uh, a recap what MoviePass is if you're not familiar so MoviePass is a subscription service um, that with a monthly fee it allows you to see one movie so one movie a day so essentially free for you for one monthly price in August uh, they dropped their price to 9.95 a month August of last year August of last year oh yeah August of 2017 they dro- they dropped their price to 9.95 a month uh, still giving you one f- one movie a day. They send you this little MasterCard, and you walk up to the theater, you check in on the app, it loads money onto your card, you swipe it, you're into the movie. Uh, as simple as that, and the theater industry went bananas, pretty much. A, a lot of talk. Uh, it was a clearly unsustainable business model, and uh, as they were the ones paying for every movie ticket purchased, they were... Their goal was to monetize the data, the data that they are gathering from their, from their subscribers, which reached about three million people subscribing to this service. And then two weeks ago, surprise, they ran out of money. They had to take out a five million dollar loan to pay uh, for their customers to uh, continue using the service. And then as of just a couple days ago, they announced that they're altering altering the service even further. They're now allowing you to see three movies a month for the same monthly price of $9.95. We're all caught up now on the news of MoviePass. Yeah, and they tried about 20 other things yeah. within that year, but this seems to be where they've landed. Yeah. They were like, oh, we're going to do surcharges. Oh, you can't see blockbuster movies the first two weeks. Oh, now people are going to pay, uh, you can uh, pay a lesser rate, but you're also going to get, or more rate, but you also get iHeartRadio for, for free. It's right. like no one was into that. Well, I think a lot of people also forget that MoviePass has been around for like yeah. six, six years, years yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they must have experimented hundreds and hundreds of times. Right. And it, it seems like to, it's only in the past year or so that anyone... It used to be like 30, right? It was, yeah. it was $30 yeah. a month, yeah. which yeah. is still honestly a great deal. And we should say, too, that um, subscription models uh, for cinemas is not a new concept. It's really just a new concept within the United States. Yeah. A lot of European theaters have been doing this for years. Mm. Um, it's like thir- it's like the equivalent of... Theirs is the equivalent of about $30 mm-hmm. uh, for European cinema chains, and it's incredibly profitable and has been going on for years and years and works just fine. And essentially the Michigan theater has had it in the form of membership for yeah. years and years. The gold membership gets you a, a free movie a day. A little bit, it's $300 a year, but uh, you can easily pay that off as well. And then there's all, all kinds of other benefits you get from a membership at other theaters as well. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not anything new, just new to many young moviegoers out there. And I think um, it's important to note, too, that a lot of what I've seen in the art house world of this whole industry freaking out 
um, it wasn't people freaking out that people were going, you know, people were excited that young people were going to movies and mm-hmm. people were going to movies more often. I think a lot of where the concern came from was MoviePass wasn't trying to create more moviegoers. MoviePass was trying to create more MoviePass users mm-hmm. um, so that someone would define themselves as a MoviePass user, not as a patron of a specific cinema, like mm-hmm. a Michigan theater member. Um, and if that person's a MoviePass user um, exclusively, you know, where, what does that look like three years from now? Would, could, when MoviePass could start to say, hey, we're responsible for 70% of your box office, why don't you give us a cut of your right. concessions? Or we're responsible for 70% of your box office, you know, we're, we're not going to pay you the full. It, 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 there was just this unknown about what was coming down mm-hmm. the line if all these people were suddenly loyal to MoviePass mm-hmm. over loyal to um, a theater or the, just the MoviePass experience or the movie going experience in general. Mm-hmm. I think that's banking on MoviePass still existing in yeah. a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they haven't really taken the steps to guarantee that. No, but that's the freak out that Nick was talking about was yes. people just not knowing where this all was going. Um, MoviePass was very secretive about their data, which they have every right to be kind of like Netflix. Netflix doesn't have to tell you how many people are watching mm-hmm. the new season of Stranger Things. They, <laughs> they don't have to do that. They don't yeah. have, ad, you know, ad buyers to please. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of a lot of the unknown and people, uh, it was just another disruption coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime there's a disruption, the industry tends to freak <laughs> out, even though it's been happening for, you know, a hundred years. So uh, Nadim and Tyler, as managers of uh, two theaters, have you noticed a difference in the past year or so of people coming in with MoviePass? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's... It's hard to say if it's brought in more people per se, um, but I've noticed for sure it's definitely young people too. It's yeah. really since it went to $10, it's a lot more young people coming. Um, and it was pretty much as soon as the $10 thing was announced. I noticed a huge increase almost you know, yeah. immediately within a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the State Theater, I think since like, I think it was August last year that they did the $10 for yeah. one movie a day. Since then till maybe about March or April or something this year, there was like a steady increase in people using MoviePass. And then this summer it just exploded. Mm. We are, us at the State Theater, uh, we notice a lot of people with MoviePasses. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you if they were customers before, right? Mm-hmm. But like Tyler said, they are usually young people. Um, and it's very uh, visible. Because yeah. they they usually walk up, you know, how the state is constructed. Yeah. So they kind of walk up with their movie pass already in hand going, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. So you can tell right away. Yeah. And it's uh, very important that the that we're getting this crowd. Uh, <laughs> I think it is important for independent theaters, especially something like the main theater. I think that uh, in, a, in, a, in a college town like the Michigan Theater is. Students might walk past the theater and I think it almost it, it sometimes might look inti- intimidating to students. They, yeah. they look they look at like this is maybe this looks too fancy for me. They, they, maybe they're playing movies that I don't like. I don't know what these titles are. And this was bringing them to finally see, oh, this is a you can tell they walk in the theater and they're just looking around in awe like this is a really beautiful place. Yeah, that happens you show, all the time. You show movies yep. here? Yeah, yeah, we show movies. We actually did uh, research on that like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. A student group at uh, the Ross School of Business reached yeah. out to us and they were like, hey, we want to analyze uh, students' movie going experiences at the Michigan and the state. And the their data showed that 
students were like afraid of going to the Michigan theater because <laughs> they saw sometimes people, uh, sometimes the guys behind the concession stand were wearing tuxedo shirts and they were like, oh, that's for my parents to go. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because of all the rock concerts we do. Yeah. yeah. Really too cool for them. Arlo Guthrie, what? <laughs> that's not for me. I'm 19. And it's since MoviePass, uh, since MoviePass, um, since they've really hit it big, other theaters as well have started uh, using, utilizing subscription models like Cinemark, Regal, and Alamo Drafthouse. They've all announced their own subscription services uh, to to compete with with MoviePass. Yeah, and it's funny too because AMC was the one freaking out about yeah. it, saying that this is a terrible business model. And mm-hmm. then like three months later, AMC was like, "Hey, yeah. so <laughs> do you want to buy our subscription card?" Um, and I think they're actually the most successful at it. Mm-hmm. AMC is. Y- yeah. So. Whether you use MoviePass or not, I think that I, I see it at least is the consumer is, is going to win. This is either way because it's driving competition. And yeah. Yeah. And I don't really see how um, anyone in the film industry couldn't see that this was coming and mm-hmm. that this isn't going away because you look at every other industry basically like i you know i pay ten dollars a month for apple music the thought Mm -hmm. of spending ten dollars for every album now that i want to listen to is i'm like that's insane i wouldn't i wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. i don't have cable (laughs) i use someone else's netflix you know like i'm i'm the problem here i'm 25 years old (laughs) i'm the problem i'm on my friend's dad's netflix yeah actually still i'm 25 years old oh my god and yeah shout out to the shapers um you're screwing up their analytics no i absolutely am and so the idea that somehow people are going to be fine with going back to not having a subscription service available to them Mm -hmm. not to say that everyone's going to use it but not even having it as an option for cinema Mm -hmm. it's i don't i don't think they're going anywhere Mm -hmm. yeah and we mainly talked about uh, young people but really it's it is everyone you know i think of my mom who has a movie pass who is about to turn 60 Sorry to call you out like that, mom. And it's like <laughs> she goes to see so many things now, so many varied types of movies. And that is the barrier to entry really is the price. So by mm-hmm. removing that, even at 15 a month, um, you know, it's still very low. And it actually will allow you now to go see a diverse array of movies, mm-hmm. you know, if that was a huge thing holding you back before. Mm-hmm. I think if you – I don't have movie pass personally, but I think uh, if you have movie pass and you see a movie every single day – then you are totally beating the system yeah. <laughs> because you're not, you're like, what are you spending? Like a, less than a dollar on a movie? Yeah, I've day? done the math. I average oh, about, yeah? I've had a movie pass since last summer. Um, and I, well, since the price drop. And I think I average like 10 movies a month. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I pay $10. So that's a dollar a movie. That's um, wild. Yeah. So, they, and, and I'm not really a good, I don't think I'm a good model for that because I'd probably be seeing 10 movies a month with or mm-hmm. without the card. It mm-hmm. was just kind of like, oh, cool. I can see free movies and this giant corporate company is going to lose a lot of money. It's right. a win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Mitch Lowe, who is the, he, well, he, Mitch Lowe started, he was the co-founding executive of Netflix and he's the president of Redbox and he's the current CEO of MoviePass right now. Uh, he's He was giving some, some uh, statistics about his service. He says the top, um, 15% of their customers were eating up 40% of the company's costs. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds right. So that, it, it, 85% of app users already were seeing no more than three movies a month. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. they switched to yeah. the three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say I'm a little disappointed that we're doing this episode this week yeah. uh, because as um, you guys may have heard the episode we did before about the Art House Convergence, we actually have a seminar in Nashville next week mm-hmm. um, and MoviePass is one of our sponsors. 
and the head of exhibitor relations, uh, who's a friend of mine, Bernadette's coming, and she's sponsoring the conference. So I'm very excited to pick her brain. <laughs> she's the person who works. Like, if you go to Quality 16 with your movie pass, you don't actually have to swipe your card. It's mm-hmm. just an e-ticket on mm-hmm. your phone. Um, she's the head of all of those relations. So I'm sure she's got a lot to say. So maybe <laughs> we can do a follow-up in a couple of weeks. We're essentially reliving the... Um, the industry of the 1950s when television made its way into homes of Americans and then theaters had to compete and they not, they released like smell vision and cinemascope yeah, yeah. and th- th- that's essentially what we're, what's happening right now is industry the industry needs to find a way to get people out of their homes with all these streaming services and back into the theater and see I'm actually of sorry I'm talking a lot I'm, no. you can cut around okay anyways <laughs> So I'm actually of the um, mindset that it that really doesn't matter. And maybe that's me being naive, but um, like in all my history classes at U of M, it's like TV came out, everyone's like, oh my God, movie's going to die. Yeah. And then VHS tape came out and it's like, oh my God, everyone, <laughs> you know, movie, the movie experience is going to die. Uh, and to me, as someone who does stream a lot of films, there's movies that I'm always going to want to see in theaters first. I don't care if mm-hmm. they're available at home. Like, even this week, I went and saw a movie. We played Funny Girl at the Michigan Theater. Mm -hmm. I've seen Funny Girl, like, eight times. (laughs) Um, But having that experience of seeing it theatrically, Mm -hmm. I wanted that experience. I want to sit in a dark room and watch light on a wall and with a bunch of strangers. Um, And, like, Mission Impossible that just came out. There's no way Mission Impossible would have been as enjoyable watching at home. So I think people that want streaming... They're, they weren't, we didn't lose them. They weren't mm-hmm. coming out to the movies anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's people like me who love going to the movie experience. We're happy to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really see it being like the death of the industry. Yeah. I think ways that theaters can differentiate themselves is like what Mackenzie said is on the experience. Mm-hmm. Like I went to go see eighth grade yeah. uh, at a nighttime showing and it was a packed theater of mostly college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so through probably like a good 70% of the movie, everyone was screaming <laughs> in <laughs> agony just at the shared uh, anxiety over mm-hmm. the main character's experience. And I thought this is exactly where I want to see this movie from now on. Yeah. Because you just can't replicate that at home. Yeah. And th- th- that experience is always going to win. Like we, we showed Get Out a couple weeks ago as a, a Midnight at the State. And that's another film that you have to see that film with the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's Nothing is going to beat that experience. I just saw on Twitter yesterday, it kind of made me laugh. Someone said, I'm finally seeing 2001 in the way that Stanley Kubrick <laughs> wanted it to be seen. And it was they were watching it on the back of the headset or <laughs> someone's headrest on an airplane. And it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's so we, we can all we can all laugh about that because obviously that's not how you should experience yeah. that movie you should experience that movie with uh on september 21st i think ums is playing it at hill auditorium really? with the dso doing a live accompaniment and it's free what? that's the kind of experience yes can you can you plug that one more yeah time? i'll do another plug so ums is uh, <laughs> opening event this year the university musical society at U of M. uh they are playing 2001 a space odyssey at hill auditorium with the dso on stage doing a live accompaniment and it's totally free but you do have to register in advance. I registered months ago. It's amazing. I can't believe I've ever heard about this. Yeah, it was <laughs> going to be outside, actually. Yeah. Um, it was going to be up on North Campus, but then they moved it to Hill. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. So <laughs> that's the kind of experience, you know, that's a wildly different way to watch that movie than watching it on a Delta flight. 
Yeah. But I think that's like, that's so representative of what people have to choose from these days, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have every single movie that's ever been released, but you can watch it on a tiny little screen in front of you. Mm -hmm. So that's the choice you have to make. You have everything before you, but the experience is maybe not so grand, or you can invest in the experience and get the best possible thing, but it's maybe not as convenient as it could be. Right, right. So I think this is a natural segue into uh, what I had in mind for the next topic is that art house exhibitioned. What is what is it that us as an art house cinema, what are we trying to preserve in exhibition? Yes. Um, I think we're trying to con- uh, preserve something that is community-based and mission-driven. I think a lot of the films that we play, um, because we are a nonprofit, we're able to do a lot of things that we know we're not going to make money on, but we mm-hmm. know that it's an experience we want to provide for the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can bring, um, like last week, actually, with Three Identical Strangers, uh, we had one of the uh, scientists who's in the movie, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, in the documentary. He's actually a Gold Card member mm-hmm. um, and an avid moviegoer. So he came to discuss the film. We brought in uh, some professors from U of M to discuss yeah. it. Uh, and that's an experience that uh, is very based. It's very specific to the Ann Arbor community. Yeah. That's not even something that any other art house is doing. That's a Michigan theater, state theater um, exclusive. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, to me, that's something that you're mm-hmm. not even going to get at uh, a Cinemaplex. Right. And it brought in a, a, a meaningful conversation to the theater as well, both in the, in the theater and outside the theater. The yeah. Q&A lasted 30, 40 minutes, and then after that, maybe another half an hour in the lobby of the theater. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it, uh, it was gr- great seeing that that sense of community in our space. Yeah, and I to me, the ultimate thing that uh, an art house theater offers is a curated uh, lineup of films yeah. Yeah. Um, that you can kind of just trust. You know, you may not like every film or think every film is great, but there's going to be something very interesting about almost everything you see, and I can vouch for the quality of the films at the Michigan and State as being something like that. You know, you get something out of everything you're going to go see. Um, and similar to like a literati or a, a yeah. kind of bookstore where you mm-hmm. can go around and it's a very curated selection. I love that. Not simply the bestsellers, the most popular. We, of course, have very popular stuff too. Shout out to Black Panther, one of our yeah. <laughs> highest selling movies of the year. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a really important part. Yeah, and I, th- I love hearing that from uh, Gold Cards. Uh, we offer a membership that's like uh, the highest level membership where you can just go see every movie, uh, mm-hmm. for those of you who aren't aware. Uh, every movie that's pl- that's a Michigan or state-sponsored film. And I've talked to Gold Cards all the time who are just like, yeah, I'm going to go see whatever's playing in the screening room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm like, do you know what's playing? They're like, no, I don't know. Yeah. You guys are opening it today, right? That's cool. True. And they just go in and like they don't even know what they're going into. Mm-hmm. But they know that if we're playing it, that they'll probably get something out of it. And that's yeah. such a good point. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It, again, this is the best possible time for theaters to be pushing their membership right now. Mm-hmm. It, it, I. It, there's yeah, like you said, there's a lot of fear around subscription ser- ser- services, but now is the time you jump on it. Just mm-hmm. people, you, people, we know that people want a subscription Absolutely. service. Sell the hell out of your memberships right now. Uh, so what 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 are you what is everyone's ideal space to see a movie? Do you? I'm talking. Do you, are you going to recliner seats? Are you getting no. snacks? Are you getting drinks? What is your ideal space to see a movie? 
I personally hate the recliners. I yeah. feel like I'm in <laughs> someone else's living room. I'm uh-huh. like, that some, like someone's been like cuddling in that chair. I'm like, Bleh, I, I, yeah. get me out of it. I kind of feel, um, I don't mind concessions and whatnot. Uh, I saw an interview once with uh, Isabelle Huppert, the French actress, mm-hmm. and she was. they were like, what do you like to do for your movie-going experience? Right. And she goes, no food, <laughs> no sound, <laughs> no people. Like, she's just, no people. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she wants just silence and cinema, yeah. and I kind of love that. Um, I guess it de- for me, it kind of depends on the movie. Yeah. What kind of experience am I looking to get? I'm not going to go to Rocky Horror or yeah. The Room and, ex- you know, want a quiet cinema. No, yeah. you want, like, loud, drunk people throwing stuff at the screen and <laughs> to an extent. Um, I did have to yell at people to get off the stage uh, <laughs> at, at uh, The Room last year, which is kind of my proudest moment. But there's cursing involved, so I won't do it on this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I guess it, for me, it depends on the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really does depend on the film. I, I like what Isabelle Huppert said, but I don't think uh, maybe a couple of years ago I would share that opinion mm-hmm. of just no talking ever during mm-hmm. a feature. But I think it really depends on the movie. Yeah, like uh, I saw the uh, Incredibles two <laughs> uh, at like a I think it was opening night. Yeah, and of course because it was a Pixar movie, they had this cute little short film before mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, the dumpling one. Yeah, the dumpling Bow. one. Bow. Yeah, great, yeah. great little short. Yeah, uh, and the theater was, of course, packed once again. This is a, a theme for me with little college kids. And during Bow, one person just screamed out, "Why aren't we watching The Incredibles two yet?" <laughs> and everyone laughed. You know what? That's so They're funny. They're all you say on that. the same page, right? I saw Incredibles two opening night with um, at a giant cinema in Chicago, and it was ninety percent children, even though it's eight o'clock at night. And there was a little girl next to me who screamed at the top of her lungs throughout the entirety of Bow, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just, in agony. No, yeah, like she just didn't want to be at the movie, oh. but her parents just did not take her out of the cinema, and <laughs> oh she just God. was screaming the, throughout the entirety of Bow. And mm-hmm. I have to say that was not the ideal yeah. film experience. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about a, like a shared camaraderie between. Yeah. In the audience and mm-hmm. yeah i saw blade runner 2049 on opening night mm-hmm. at the uh, at one of the theaters with the recliner seats and i do like the recliner seats me too but i don't necessarily like the environment that it creates in a theater because i think people do they get a little too comfortable and they do start <laughs> thinking that they're in their living room because beginning a blade runner there was this uh, this couple behind me, and they went through a whole bag of Doritos throughout the movie. <laughs> Doritos, like the, fir- like the first half hour, I just hear like the, the the reaching into the bag and the crunching of the Doritos. Now, wait a minute, did they purchase those Doritos at the concession stand? I really doubt. Come it. On. I really no, no theater sells Doritos. No. They're way too loud. Exactly. And then, like the, the, the very the very beginning of the film, it has. I don't, the, the the title cards where it kind of gives you the explanation of this world mm-hmm. and then the per, like the people behind me are like there's too much reading <laughs> and they're just like talking aloud to this moment I was like you quiet this is beautiful but they still probably really like Star Wars yeah. which is another movie that immediately forces you to start reading <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I blame uh, Ryan Johnson <laughs> yeah typical yeah, I think people walked into that movie with different expectations. Uh, I don't sure. think maybe people that didn't quite understand what the first Blade Runner so, yeah, was. Yeah, they must have not seen the first one. <laughs> we should have a whole episode about fan expectations. Oh like, yeah, I, I got a, I got I, a I, lot to say. I have on a that. lot to say to last to the, to the last Jedi critics because I, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> have you guys not done a an episode about that? No. I also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the podcast had started by then, right? No, no. Yeah, the podcast uh, started in January. And 
I mean, I've talked about my love of Star Wars plenty on this podcast. You're wearing a Star Wars hat right I now. am wearing a Star Wars hat, but have not gotten quite into uh, the conversation of Last Jedi. Toxic fandom. Yes. That would be great. Love, I would, I would love, love that. that. <laughs> send us your thoughts. Uh, if you want, to, you want to let us know about toxic fandom, send us your thoughts. Uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, unless you guys got, uh, have more to say on the topic. Which topic? Oh, on, on uh, the general theater going experience. Uh, no, we kind of covered the yeah. etiquette of crunchiness to some degree, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, an issue, but not a real issue, you right. know, so at the end of the day. The Can I? Thing, so, oh, yeah, please. I, I just wanted to leave our audience with just one word of advice when they go to the movies. Just be respectful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's free. You can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> So again, before we uh, the, before we wrap up, we are going to get into what we do every episode. Is that is our movie magic moments of the week. And for those of you who don't know, this is the time in the episode where we give our recommendations and explain or talk about something that we've seen recently that reminded us why we love one, why we love movies, and why we love television, and also why we love working at our house theater. So Tyler, do you want to get things started? Sure. Uh, Mackenzie mentioned before the film Funny Girl. That was going to be mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, which I also saw earlier this week at the Michigan. And um, seeing Omar Sharif's beautiful smile uh, <laughs> flash oh so big was really nice. And Barbara Streisand singing these classic songs. Uh, that was a huge moment of, you know, and just how kind of formally brilliant so much of the movie was, too. Um and that was totally, I just love those types of musicals. I love those types of movies, those types of stories. And even though Funny Girl, similar to like a West Side Story, has some very dated elements, uh, yeah. the film is very much worth watching, worth celebrating, uh, and worth seeing in a theater. Yeah, yeah, and I also, so I saw it with Tyler. Um, and it was really fun because uh, a lot of her big numbers, Barbara's big numbers, got applause afterwards. <laughs> Uh, like the whole audience was in the screening room, just like burst into applause after uh, Don't Rain in My Parade. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, come on, that's delightful. And there was also. And you could um, feel the energy change when yeah. that song started, too. Yeah. Like everyone kind of sat up a little bit um, and was just like, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, it was also uh, the roadshow print that we showed. So there was a. Um, there was a musical interlude, yes. uh, like an orchestra. At I, was the, just, I was about to ask if, if yeah, we included that. at the beginning. Um, and then also there was an intermission, which is great. The lights came up. You have like five minutes to go get popcorn, yeah. go to the bathroom. Uh, and then there was a musical interlude after the yeah. intermission. So it feels like you're at like a night at the, you're, you feel like you're at a night at like the theater, like yeah. a musical theater, like yeah. a Broadway show. We were like, oh, everyone, because they, they turn the lights down a little bit, but not all the way. So it's like everyone's getting seated. People are getting their, you know, getting their popcorn, you know, whispering, turning their phones right. off as the orchestra is <laughs> warming up. Like it, it, it just adds to this like night out experience. Totally. Mm -hmm. uh, that you don't get on Netflix. Yeah, I love the intermission. I love, I love yeah. the, those those epics with the intermissions. And I, I, I want, I want the movies to bring that back so bad. I love that about. I, I well, I didn't see Hateful Eight in the theaters, but I love that when they're presenting that in theaters that they're playing the intermission. That's yeah. right. In between it was the great. acts. Yeah, it's like you said. It's it's like going to. Like going out to the theater makes it feel like an event. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and a two and a half hour runtime is so much more yes. palatable <laughs> even with a five minute break like that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Absolutely. Yeah. Nadim. Uh, so for my movie magic moment, I thought of uh, a very special film. I recently introduced a couple of friends to a little bear called Paddington. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh my God. We watched the first movie at my friend's house on his giant TV. And there's a moment in that movie that always gets me. Uh, and it's a moment, I think, near like the, like the, 
I don't know, 40 minutes in, where they're all they've discovered I don't know how much of the audience has seen Paddington, but basically they're they're watching a little movie. Uh, and the movie is a very old movie of where Paddington is from in darkest Peru. And Paddington is watching it and he's so entranced that he starts walking toward the projector screen and then he passes through the screen and he's back mm. home. <laughs> and I feel like that is exactly what I want from every movie. And that's the sort of feeling that movies can give you, the feeling of being just completely transported to a different place. Mm -hmm. Nadine, that's so yeah. nice. <laughs> Paddington has come up a few times. I talk, this, I talk about it a lot. Paddington Two, as is, you should. Yeah. Paddington Two is my favorite movie of the year so far, um, by far. Like yeah. Paddington Two is my favorite movie of the year. We actually <laughs> saw it on Tyler's twenty fifth birthday. <laughs> yep. That's how nice. we celebrated yep. Tyler's birthday on the day we yeah, went and crying, saw Paddington laughing, Two, and we loving, just cried. Living, and yeah, at quality sixteen. <laughs> Great. Movie. And also, did you listen to the episode where we we talked about Midnight's, Nadim? Because you you, no, ca you came up in that conversation. We talked about your list. Yeah, yeah. We, list. Your, your your list that you sent us with your oh, really? ideas that really? included uh, Paddington, Paddington Two yes. double feature. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. See, okay, so j jumping off something you said very yeah. early in the episode, let's do more double features. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to do yeah. a proper double feature. Yeah. Like, I like think, Paddington, Paddington. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I think the world is so hellish right now. And Paddington 2 is just a movie motivated by kindness. Yeah. Every single act mm -hmm. in that movie is just, the whole story happens by just Paddington being kind to people. Mm -hmm. And it's just the best. <laughs> and your, 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 your list that we shared, we got a good, uh, good response about your 2000s Queens series. Your yeah, Amanda are Bynes you serious? Your yeah. Why am I just now hearing about this? <laughs> Wait, I talked it. about that. Really? Yeah, Queens of the Aughts. Yeah. Let's do it. Hilary Duff, Amanda Bynes. And yes. Sister <laughs> of the Traveling Pants. And your, what was it? Buy a beer and watch infomercials? Yes. That got, that got a response as well. Oh, I'm so happy to hear this. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Mackenzie, was Funny Girl yours? Uh, so yeah, because Tyler uh, took Funny Girl, which which was great, I actually will say something else, which is that um, I'm actually now working my way through season three of Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks The oh, Return. Hey, nice. Um, and I just watched the infamous episode eight yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yes. which is David Lynch just saying, hey, you know the story you've been following mm -hmm. for week after week? I'm just going to not do anything related to it and instead <laughs> discuss the origins of evil through like a nuke. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of the most incredible pieces mm -hmm. of, I'm going to call it cinema I've mm -hmm. ever seen. And I know that's been a debate that's been going on. Like, oh, is the latest season of Twin Peaks actually just a 20-hour movie? Mm -hmm. um, and I would probably come down to the camp that it's not because it's TV. Yeah. But it, it does have a very cinematic feel to it. And mm -hmm. I just, I am so overwhelmed by how good <laughs> the new Twin Peaks is. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to, I think we're going to have to have some conversations about Twin Peaks off mic. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So mine, um, I have, I've been busy lately. I haven't necessarily had the time to watch a lot of movies, but I have been making my way through Community for the first time hey, on Hulu. nice. I've never seen, I've never watched the show. Mm -hmm. while I was on, I'm about... Three quarters of the way through season one, and uh, as a as a, a movie lover, as a pop culture lover, that show is so rewarding. Oh it's, yeah, it's so it's so fun to pick out the 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 references in that show. Just I just got I just watched the paintball episode, the first paintball episode. Yep. You two watch the show? Have you watched I've, the show? I've never seen it. I've seen, yeah, the first two seasons. Okay. I've seen all day. of it, yeah. That just about every scene in that paintball episode was a reference to something. Yeah. Have, have you gone to Beetlejuice yet? 
I don't think I've got to Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is my favorite thing in that show. <laughs> in seasons one, two, and three, at some point, someone says Beetlejuice casually in conversation. And in season three, when they say it, just behind the glass window in the background, Beetlejuice just walks by <laughs> and they never draw attention to it. They never draw attention to it. They just casually drop Beetlejuice in conversation three times and then you see him in the background. And they're not like, ha, 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 look at our joke. It was just like, wait, did I just, did they just do Beetlejuice fit? Like that's community summed up. I also love how self-aware that they are to plot structure and just to general, just to movie tropes in general and, uh, and playing at those and making fun of them because, I mean, the, 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 a lot of these tropes that they're making fun of, of fun of are things that just need to disappear and things that don't need to happen anymore. And I like that they're calling attention to it. Okay, so that's about all the time that we have. Thank you all for coming and joining us uh, uh, for being on the episode. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for yeah, having thanks. me. And uh, thank you to the Ann Arbor District Library so, for letting us come in, uh, take up 40 minutes of their time. Uh, come into the any of the library branches, check out their movies, check out everything that we've talked about here. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Write us on iTunes. Uh, send us your thoughts on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email me. I, I, I gave my email out last, uh, last episode. It's n-a-l-d-e-r-i-n-k at mishleader.org. If you don't have social media, send me an email. Your thoughts. Send us your movie magic moments. Tell us about things that you saw because of our recommendations on the podcast. We'd love to know. Oh, that'd be nice. So we are going to be back in your feed in a couple weeks. So check us out again. And thank you for joining us behind the marquee. The kids, he's like, Nick, thank you very much. Thanks. Nick, the beginning of this recording is going to be me talking about eating a pickle. <laughs> oh my God. I hate this. But there is that one iconic pickle lady. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'm an iconic pickle lady. Back to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can already tell Tyler you're going to want to get closer to that night. I got invited to the Zingerman's Pickle Party. You might be able to raise it up a little they bit. They sent me an invitation in the mail. They're having a pickle pop-up shop. Mm, a pickle probably. pop-up shop. <laughs> I'm acknowledging what Mackenzie is saying. Zingerman's is having a pickle pop-up shop in the Wow, you really would make a good yeah, ass of a yeah, yeah, person. <laughs> Do your best. You really double down right there. Yeah. Pick a pop up shop. <laughs> um, the, the, the outlines are.